Welcome to the reading of Logan Roy's Last Will and Testaments here on the Intercut Podcast Channel's weekly guide to the inner workings of the Roy family. I'm Zachary Shevich, and joining me, we're halfway in on a Greek island together. It's Arturo Zurita. I'm glad to be here. I looked at the list to make sure that I made it, and luckily mine was underlined, not crossed <laughs> Yeah, we can only we can only hope, I guess, right? Um, by the way, you know that Greek island. You know, are we are you think it's more of like a like a Mykonos party island situation, or is Carl looking for more of a laid back place on the on the coast? Like, what what kind of Greek island do you picture Carl buying for him and his brother? He's going to whatever whatever Greek village he's going to. I think that's what Carl's going to end up to. He isn't going to no island. He's going to a little <laughs> one of the Greek island restaurant. Probably after all said and done, uh, I don't have my hopes up for Carl. Yeah, um, a lot of people in uh, shifting situations. We there's a there's a scramble in the wake of the last episode of Succession, a monumental episode of Succession four oh three. Of course, the episode in which we got the end of the Logan Roy saga on Succession, and now it's on the siblings. Uh, who are all dealing with various forms of grief after their fathers died. You know, succession every day this season has been one day following the next one. So this is picking up in the immediate aftermath of that last episode. Uh, Kendall looking the worst for wear out of them all. Roman saying he's pre-grieved. Kendall's got a grief guy. He's got a good grief guy. That was, I think, one of my uh, favorite quotes early on in this episode. But... Uh, the focus of this episode is really that discovery of a piece of paper that uh, hinged on that that has that uh, fateful underlined or crossed out bit that you mentioned. Should we jump straight to that moment? Because I feel like uh, that's it. sort of the the big thing happening on this week's succession. Are you team crossed out or underlined? Because they did whoever in. In uh, production design or or props design, that did a really good job giving you that kind of fifty fifty. Yeah, you know there were drafts. They're going like that, and then they had someone to do like that. <laughs> they were trying so many ones psychologically. How many takes you know, do you think it would take you to get the perfect cross down slash underline? Perfectly underlined? get it like that. Yeah. So I so I'm with yeah. two minds, right? This and um, there was another image of. Uh, uh, a magazine. Those were probably the two big spoiler-esque things that were out there in terms of frames. Mm-hmm. I'm split between this because at first I want to say, no, it's not. At one point he put them on there, and then as they said well afterwards, in pencil, pen, he started doing a lot of different things. So they mm-hmm. know that at a certain point he did want him, and so many years have passed, well, four years of succession, and the penciling came in to kind of you know, add alternate notes. So I believe there's no other reason to go back and underline something because that makes absolutely no sense. It would be going back to cut something out. And I, part of me, the only reason I don't want to believe it is because when you cross something out, I would have started with that K right down the middle. Like my cross outs, yeah, the underline would have been at the end, not at the beginning. The thing that we have to all remember here is that this is a a man who was getting up there in age. You know, he's not in the best health. I I just think senior citizens' hands aren't always the most steady, and you can't necessarily rely on them to land the pencil in the right. I mean, do can you cross out with a highlight? That's all. 
that, that would have solved the situation. Maybe that would have solved it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm like you. I'm struggling a little bit with the logic of going back just to underline something. Like, why, why do that? But then again, like, if you're going to cross it out, why are you just crossing out the name, not just that whole little little section there? Well, would have really done it is because I think you and I are the same accord that we think that the next up was clearly going to be Roman. He had Shiv's. Shiv had her chance, right? Ro- mm-hmm. uh, Kendall had his chance multiple times. They both lost it. We saw them lose it. Uh, Roman never really went up to bat. And in the talks for this scene, there are several moments where you look at Roman kind of react to it, where they're talking about like, yeah, you know, he was a, a man of many different things. And Roman kind of goes like, yeah, you know, kind of shifted a lot. As if almost he knew that he was on the horizon, just like Carrie thought she was on the horizon, just like a lot of people thought they were on the horizon to be on the good graces. So I, I do think that at one point he put it in print. I want it to be my second first eldest. Mm-hmm. But the crossing out, I don't. I I see it as it definitely being a crossing out because I see no other reason to go back to underline something. Like I feel mm-hmm. like Logan is a circler. He would have circled an emphasis, <laughs> not an underline. It's all good points. Very good points. Uh, but yeah, that starts sort of. Uh, the first little power scramble between the siblings because Kendall takes that underline very seriously. Shiv very quickly gets in one of her signature shivs saying that she thinks it's a cross out. Uh, just the delivery that Jeremy Strong has on that on that shiv. Like he's so immediately uh, betrayed by her he's in that right. moment. He's right. Think about it. It's coming mm-hmm. down to either keeping it in the family keeping Roy Co in the family, or as he says, mm-hmm. maybe, you know, the he's like, or do you want to go give it to the old guards or whatever he calls them? He, he, he knows that it's going to come down between either sticking it at home or it going away. So if you have the chance to not gamble it, I don't know. I thought it was an obvious decision um, t- yeah. to go a specific route. I feel like Kendall is the one who most quickly saw the big picture both last week and this week in that he he's the one who snaps into business mode most quickly from the three of them and yeah like if you want to take him at his word then this is a great opportunity for them to seize control of the company in order to guide it into the sale that they all want so that they can go into their next adventure together but they come from a father who has taught them nothing but betrayal and, and self-interest, yeah. uh, self, serving your self-interest. So I, I see the the anxiety amongst them. And Roman, too, like, doesn't, doesn't like, just give it to Kendall. Uh, Tom gets into his ear a little bit beforehand, but do you think that that was Tom's influence or Roman couldn't help himself but uh, try and angle for the co-CEO slot? I, I think he deserves to be there. I definitely think it should have been two of them in mm-hmm. terms of running it like a family. Obviously, that builds a different dynamic for Shiv, who's kind of really left on the sidelines. Um, right. Tom was goofy the whole episode, though. I thought <laughs> poor Tom came off like a lapdog, dude. He was just going to every single... Co- like, there is a montage. There is an intercut. A, 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 uh, someone just said it as well. A supercut that you can make of this man just saying... At your service. Come on now. I'm ready to <laughs> it serve. Was, it was a really low low blow for Tom this episode. Yeah, t- Tom, probably more than anybody, I feel like was just sort of looking Scrambling? desperately for somebody to become his protector or, or yeah. give him any kind of uh, any kind of like 
okay. You know, he was just feeling it out and even like trying it in that little huddle with the uh, rest of the with the rest of the suits, just like mm-hmm. seeing who could potentially be CEO. Carl comes in devastatingly. You're a clumsy interloper and no one trusts you. The only guy pulling for you is dead. And now you're just married to the ex boss's daughter and she doesn't even like you. And you are fair and squarely fucked. Uh, Carl that's coming in with the heaters say. this episode. Carl, that's what Carl they would said say. Reportedly, allegedly, that's what they would say. <laughs> just giving voice to it. Yeah, just want to let you know. <laughs> um, that out of that huddle of uh, Frank, Carl, Jerry, Carolina, and Tom, do you think anybody comes out looking the best? Is anybody you know in in the prime slot for them, or you know? I told you last week that uh, Carolina was clearly coming up to bat for Jerry, and she does so mm-hmm. immediately when it comes to like picking who the tribute's going to be. She's like, yo, I'm, I'm Jerry all the way in. When it comes between Frank and Carl, I was surprised that Frank kind of got on the knee to uphold Carl out of all things. I kind of really liked how Frank has been moving recently. Um, mm-hmm. You know, between Carl and Jerry, obviously I'm going Jerry, but between the four, between the four Carolina's been the most consistent Jerry's been the one who I rooted for, but there is a moment just to get a little ahead when she comes up to bat to suggest herself and they shut her down so fast. Roman says something to her and the way she just buckled up, I was like, you can't be CEO. Mind you, I don't think anyone on the show other than the man himself, rest in peace, really can run it. But I do love right. how she kept bringing up, you know, I did have that interim. I have ushered us mm-hmm. into a new It was a successful <laughs> a And I always forget about that. But yeah, you know, you know, Jerry's my favorite, but... Um, None, <laughs> to be honest with you. But shout out Carl. Carl and Frank yeah. had one of my favorite exchanges this uh, sequence about, you know, I'm just saying it in a humorous tone. It's exactly how he said it. He <laughs> said, uh, I'm kidding, of course. Yeah, just speculating in a comic mode. In a humorous vein. Like, that to me has been one of the that best. That whole scene was great. Uh, yeah, going back and forth between them. I, I thought that was fantastic. You know, because you could just accidentally flush it down the toilet. <laughs> Uh, that was a really funny scene. We shouted out Peter Friedman last week, who was excellent last week. Also really excellent this week. He got another scene where he got to be, you know, uh, pseudo dad to Kendall and, and give him a little bit of guidance. But both he and uh, David Rush, Rache, I'm not sure how you pronounce his last name, who plays Carl, are, are so, so funny on this week's succession. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, when when... Greg comes in to offer himself and Frank just, just his mouth has never been that wide. He just straight <laughs> laughed at him. But he liked the attempt. <laughs> but his name's on the pa- paper. With a question mark. <laughs> With a question mark. Oh, man. Um, so, yeah, what did you make of the whole negotiation between the siblings and, and them deciding that it's cleaner if they leave uh, Shiv out. You know, we've seen them, at least for now, kind of on the same page. They came together in a nice way for their father's funeral. Uh, And Kendall and Roman promising to not, you know, cut Shiv Shiv out that when they start up their new company, they'll be equal. Do you take them at their word, or are you worried that Shiv might be the one who kind of rocks the boat first? Because she definitely seems... Not so happy with the arrangement. Yeah. I think this is the best case scenario for her. She's already mm-hmm. attempted it. These two are getting ushered in by everybody and they have enough people behind them. It's going to make a lot more sense. 
they are also the best case scenario for her because I don't see them pushing her to the side. Do you? I feel like no, Roman's I mean, been I... on her. Yeah, Roman Kendall maybe. It... But... Roman seems to not want to like disrupt the family. You know, he even yeah. with his, with his dad, he was never really trying to undermine his dad. Kendall, sure. so she's seems, not the forefront, but yeah, Kendall seems like he's turned over a new leaf. Although, like maybe by the end of this episode, may, not so much. Some, yeah, and I guess we could exactly we could talk about that then. But like before that final moment, it really does kind of. I I at least took Kendall at his word. He that he is just trying to do the right thing. But uh, Kendall does have a good way of, like, sounding convincing in those moments and and being full of shit, too. The episode also starts with her at the doctor, possibly being pregnant. So if she is, (laughs) wouldn't... Like, I could see them or the company in general using that as a, like, oh, no, you kind of have to step down as a way to kind of ease her away, which leads me to what you said. I don't think they may cause the problem with her. I think she may cause the rift instead. A rift that shouldn't be there and all she has to do is just be patient and I think it may come in. I've always said she is the closest to her father. Just sadly not in business. In the stubbornness. (laughs) And I think Mm -hmm. that may come back into play. Yeah, I mean, last week we speculated maybe Carrie would end up pregnant but uh, the pregnancy ended up with Shiv's character right at the beginning of the episode, like before the intro. Yeah, go ahead. You had mentioned something that Caitlin had said last week, right? So in that, I want to take this big detour that goes all the way before season three. It begins with this. I don't know if you saw last week, uh, if you boot that up right under where you have noted bottle episode, right underneath, I linked up where they had a secret code for Logan's death, LD, but it wasn't Logan's death. It was Larry David. Larry David? in that... For years, they've been holding this secret because, if you scroll down, they had planned this before season three. They had already told Logan, one, you're going to die in an early episode two seasons from now. Two, you will still be paid for all the episodes like you told me. And three, yeah. they brought him in to shoot dummy scenes. So he's yeah. there for any future scenes. They just filmed stuff just because, so it wouldn't be spoiled. But... Yeah, that they means did they a told him great everything. job keeping that. They did. I, I commend them for that. That's really good behind-the-scenes work. But that means that they told him everything in the story before season three and nobody else. So when I'm listening to interviews this past weekend and I find an old one, but I'm like, let me just listen to it. Maybe it's going to hit different. Yo, that man damn near spoiled all of season four before three came out. He started talking about a seed that he may have before any of us even knew about Carrie, bro. It gets followed up by uh, uh, Roman, what's his name, saying, yeah, you're probably going to spoil everything by the end of the Zoom call. <laughs> so I'm going to leave it there. Carrie's been a little flustered. She comes in dropping things. But I don't know. There may still be a chance there. You know, she just wants to know, has there been something written there uh, that, that still kind of includes her? That's what everyone was. She, she was pulling a Tom. Just trying to see, does anybody still have it? I'll take a question mark, an exclamation point, or a comma. <laughs> Just let me know where I've been written. Um, let's talk, before we get, get any confirmation on a potential carry pregnancy, let's talk about the potential Shiv pregnancy. Uh, you know, it's interesting that Sarah Snook uh, announced she's pregnant as well, so I wonder if there's any kind of, like, synchronicity in that. Um, although, apparently, uh, according to the 
official succession podcast. It's something that they had been discussing with Sarah Snook for a couple of years. So it's not like a not like a last minute adjustment. It seems like at least. Uh, but she's already uh, getting ready for her 20 week scan, the doctor says. So that's several months along, uh, which would, I guess, hint at it being Tom's or or do you feel like there's some as she's been wont to do some affair responsible for this? I think it's this. more interesting if it's Tom's. Yeah. So, Considering where they're I'm at as, as, a, as a couple, and particularly yeah. given Tom's situation where he doesn't have a protector, and now suddenly he might have something tying him to Shiv, like, as, as you know, as fucked up logic as that is, like, it is this yeah. kind of weird lifeline for Tom. They could be more messed up and say that it is somebody else's, but because the timeline would showcase that she was still married to Tom, they don't want it to come out that she's promiscuous and thus she has mm. to lie about it being Tom's. I mean, there's a dozen or she ways lies to, to Tom. With it. Yeah, so we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Never tells him about uh, the kid. <laughs> Full pregnancy. <laughs> no one knows. Should we talk about Marsha? I am so glad she's back and she's done shopping from Milan. I actually <laughs> cheered when she came out on screen. She is one well, of my you know, underrated favorites. Well, you know, she had talks with Logan every e- day and evening, you know, intimate discussions every evening with him. Mm-hmm. Not logged, right? As Kendall said, <laughs> what would the phone records say, Hugo? I don't know what the phone records would say to her, but who knows? Maybe it was a pigeon call. Uh, what did you make of the return of Hayam Habas, who you know was a huge part of this show Fantastic. in the beginning, and somebody that we speculated maybe would have like a lot of power by the end, before kind of disappearing for a little while. Uh, but she's got some of the sharpest knives out of anybody yeah, on this cast. Uh, there is her, Willa, and Carrie. They were cooking mm-hmm. up something really special in their stares, in their little remarks. You have the queen here, someone who married in, did it to the max. You have yeah. Willa talking to her, and she says, <laughs> look, at us look both. how far we've come. Look at us both is such a raw line because that's who she aspires to be, which is so sick, right? Not marrying in. Mm-hmm. To survive the rich husband you married into, so it's now all yours. What a crazy line from Willa. In yeah. the fourth season, to give her one of the best lines like that was fantastic. And then you also get just the end of the pendulum. The way, also just given the way that uh, she was so, like, kind of rude to her back at the Austerlitz episode when they were in the desert. Like, this is Willa kind of persevering through all of that. And it's like, no, now I'm Marianne? kind of on your, on your level, too. I'm part of the family. It's signed. Hey, she dotted that. She knows what it is. It's all family. She doesn't have to worry about Logan anymore. There's no one to upset or to upset your uh, son-in-law. It's all good. In fact, she makes a deal with him, which is one of my favorite scenes. But you have Carrie, who is the opposite end. If she is the queen mother right here, Carrie's coming in, fumbling for anything. She has not signed on the dotted line. She doesn't even know if she made a, a sticky note or on the notepad or anything. I felt I felt bad for her. But at the same time, the moment they took her out the back, I said, what up, bro? Get her out of here. <laughs> Carrie's done. <laughs> Unless she pulls up with a stick, I, I think that's the end for Carrie. And I like how Marsha yeah. treated her. That was dope. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny because it's just such a 
quick shift in their status because Carrie was literally the next person next to Logan as he died. But, you know, nothing written down on paper, it seems. And, uh, you know, he kind of left her, left her out to drive. But I guess that's what happens with those, like, late, late, late in life flings with billionaires. You know, there's uh, yeah. a lot of uh, reporting on, uh, what is it, Summer Redstone, the former head of uh, Viacom and Paramount. And all the mistresses that he had close to the end who stole lots of money from him and tried to snatch power of Paramount, basically. Uh, there's a really interesting Jeez. discussion on it on the official sub- Succession podcast. So it's kind of well, interesting to see that. Paramount like, Plus sucks. <laughs> uh, it's sort of interesting to see, like, the potential past that might have existed for Carrie had she maybe moved a little bit more smartly at the end. How, how... Definitely wasn't going to be an anchor. How much of her devastation there do you take as like genuine versus her just acknowledging or realizing that she's lost that status? What do you mean? Like, do you think there's any part of her that's just genuinely sad? She's not back in in the Roy's life or part of this this whole thing, like just that she's not treated like she was the girlfriend? Oh, well, yeah, that's. It's done for her. Like, that money check is gone. <laughs> the, the sugar daddy's well, uh, dead. Yeah. You think it's 100% that? Yeah, I mean... The... Well, yeah. Well, she never hung out with the kids. Right? Yeah. I don't yeah. think she really ran the company. Well, what was her official status? Uh, assistant slash colleague slash advisor. <laughs> yeah, so she wasn't there for anything else. Yeah. Did you think she was there to, to provide <laughs> emotional support? Not really, but you know she is. She does seem very distraught in that moment. I I would be too, if they put me on a taxi to drop me off at the subway to go back home to my little what you call it, her little condo, her little apartment. Her little apartment. There you go. <laughs> That's my winner for quote of the episode. By the way, like it's so devastating. Oh, like gosh. I was a little. It was a little like, can they even say that? That hurt. That is close. It was good. Uh, any other quotes stood out to you from this episode? Uh, the in humorous vein, in a uh, speculating in a comic mode is that whole scene is excellent. I, I replayed that like three times. Pre-grieved, which you had mentioned earlier, I thought was mm-hmm. a, a fantastic one. Um, there's one that happens when they're reading the review, the reviews, which are all of his obituaries. I thought that was funny. The reviews are in, <laughs> and there's one where they're kind of deciphering everything, and they talk about how good of a guy he was. And Siobhan it, goes, man, Dad sounds dad amazing. Dad sounds amazing. I wish I'd I, met Dad. I would have liked to have met Dad. <laughs> That's a raw line. I, I like that a lot. Um, probably some other little moments. Colin having a son was, was, was interesting. You know, he comes in with the son and following the, the dog that comes in as well. But it was having on the piece of paper that Colin gets a watch. That was yeah, nice you know, we didn't we didn't end up talking about that really devastating shot in last week's episode when they mm-hmm. just show Colin watching the plane and you, you see that he's lost dog. his his friend or his job or whatever you want to say. It, it, Why was he not on the plane? If Colin <laughs> that's a good was there, question, he actually. The Isn't he right? his body man? Yeah, he exactly. Colin would have known what to do. Colin could have saved the day. Exactly. That's also, the it's lesson crazy of the story. The, the, so need the Colin. thinking in retrospect of if they didn't push their dad to go close this deal, as Shiv was saying, then he would have never gone on the plane. And this idea that the kids hold themselves responsible for having him charter something where he could have been 
back home and lived another 20 years or so. Oh, I like that. I like that element of it. Yeah, that, that guilt that, that will never go away. Uh, man. Okay, a couple other great quotes. Uh, I liked Where's Carrie? Inside Marsh's trunk, inside an anaconda, inside a sarcophagus. Um, there's also that whole exchange about the the paintings, the Gauguins, that no one's seen for tax reasons. <laughs> Why not just burn them through the insurance? And Carl goes, yeah, that would be the dream, financially speaking. <laughs> just burning priceless artworks to gain the insurance money off them. See, that's why I think this episode is so great. You have those little undercut moments where everyone's just going at it. The grief is still there from the previous episode, but you have them on full mode. Who's going to be the successor? Not to mention, that's what it all leads for. I know you still got a couple more, but we'll get to that. No, I was finally gonna... got the succession. Well, no, I was going to say, though, like you kind of dropped this little tidbit in at the end of our weekend must watch. You said, thought this week was week. better than last week? What were your favorite quotes from last week? Because he died. I, it was a death episode. <laughs> That's the thing. It shot us in a way that, yes, I acknowledge is great. But this is where they were real. This is like what, what made the last episode so good. This is that aftermath. This is like the last episode took you to the top. You're like, dang, I can't believe we're this mm-hmm. high. And then this was the come down and, and everything that's going to follow, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, this is a great episode of Succession. It's a, it's kind of more of a bottle episode than we're used to on Succession because they are always going to these lavish places and mm-hmm. globe trotting and going from uh, fancy place to fancy place. And I don't know if Succession has ever like locked us in an apartment for the entire duration of the episode, save for that first like four or five shots, but it also ends up being the thing that we love most about succession is when all of these characters are in the same space and have to interact and have to navigate around each other. And all the like just little asides and moments that the different characters get when they break off from one another. So it does feature a lot of what I love about succession. It's just that I think that last week kind of featured a lot of that too. And also was just the kind of thing that you rarely get on TV. I think where I landed with last week, though, is that, like, I think last week was one of the greatest episodes of television of all time, but it's not, like, necessarily the greatest episode of Succession because it's such an abnormal episode of Succession. I don't think any of us disagree. I understand why people love the episode, but I think you brought up exactly what stands out to me. They pulled something that hasn't happened in television. Right. That's why mm-hmm. I was saying a lot of the Game of Thrones episodes will name a lot before we mention those like, oh, my goodness, in the first yeah. season when someone died it's, right before the finale. It's almost easier like the... to compare it to the Red Wedding or to Ned Stark dying than it is to compare it to this week's episode. Yeah. So to me, what I look for in succession. Oh, it was all in this this episode. It was great. All the way yeah. to us getting the answer for what we wanted. I, see, to me, it's like Logan dying is a big thing. But figuring out who's going to be the successor, I don't know. I think that's kind of bigger. A little bit. A little bit. So, uh, yeah, that's why it worked for me. Next week, you were mentioning how every single one is on a daily basis. So do you feel they're going to continue doing that battle episode, including next week, because they'll be uh, with Matson? So are they just going to be in his location? Same thing, you know, probably um, happening I mean, for all the I don't ones. know if it'll be as contained as this week is, particularly given, like, they're talking, they were on the phone with Matson talking about how they're at this retreat. So, you know, you remember that they were, they were episode on the phone with, in, his, with his guy? He couldn't say hi. Exactly, yeah. You remember that episode in season two when they go to some some conference 
And, you know, they're, they go like Tom and Greg go on a hike and they're in these different conference rooms. And I feel like it might be that where it's like we're all in we're in one area, but there is kind of more movement and some different settings there. Um, but, yeah, I feel like the majority of it is going to be probably in Sweden because I think we are going to get that uh, one a day thing, especially you know, as you were saying, Brian Cox was there and continued to see what they were doing. So I feel like if he he said it, that probably is the case for uh, for the show. I'm just excited that the group without him have been able to keep up their own. I was a I'm glad about that you're that, still they, in. Nah, they were been a little writing, skeptical. Look, we can, hey, they they weren't writing them like this before, bro. We can rewatch all of them. There's hints of that, but the lines they were giving them today, uh, Frank. Uh, Carl, I don't know. They were they were heavy hitters. Like like they haven't written for them before. Yeah, definitely. Um, what was I gonna ask? Uh, oh, the other thing I wanted to mention while we're talking about the one day at a time thing, I I realized something about that because if Succession really is going to be one day per episode, and we're getting ten episodes in the very first episode of this season. Connor says the election is 10 days out. Mm-hmm. So I think I, we're I getting an election. Like lying. Okay. So I think we're like getting finale? an election night finale. I mean, if you ever hear any behind the scenes from the showrunners, <laughs> I wouldn't put it past them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they can't accept an award without talking about politics. So I could definitely see that being the big climax that they want then. Yeah, I think that could be pretty exciting. All right, well, there's mm-hmm. one other aspect that we haven't really gotten into yet, and that is Hugo making a bit of a mistake, doing a little bit of I insider trading. I told you last week, right? I said he had a little thing that he was leaning on with Ken. I had it wrong. I thought, oh, maybe he knows something and he wants to get close to Ken. Idiot. Moron. Yeah, with the... Giving a tip to an estranged daughter that he doesn't even really talk to. And uh, the kind of thing that could get him in a whole lot of trouble. So uh, for those people who maybe didn't follow it, essentially during the whole uh, ordeal of Logan's death uh, being known but not yet coming out, apparently Hugo made a call to Juliet, uh, his daughter, who decided to take that moment to sell off some Waystar Royco stock before mm-hmm. the big dip that we saw on Roman's phone Lionel after Lionel. the death was yep. announced. Uh, kind of like I'm a yacht. Yeah, it kind of can get you illegal. in a whole lot of trouble. <laughs> hey, that's not a cross out. That's a full circle. Yeah, you get in trouble. <laughs> Uh, so Ugh. yeah, Hugo in a, in a rare move, actually asking one of the siblings for some help. And obviously this is a thing he'd go to Logan for if Logan wasn't there, but he, he considers Kendall top dog. And especially after he comes co-CEO, becomes co-CEO. Uh, but it's, it's not just what Hugo does, but it's how Kendall uses it against him. Because the thing that we haven't talked about is that after, the board officially names Roman and Kendall co-CEOs. Hugo and Carolina take the two of them into Logan's private office and basically offer them a couple different PR packages. 
either we can put out respectful photos of you with your father and honor his legacy, or we leak some news about uh, Connor's birth mother and the way that he's treated y'all and that maybe he didn't really have his hand on the steering wheel. And while Roman is disgusted... Yeah. And while Roman is disgusted by it, Kendall goes to Hugo later when Hugo's all alone and tells him to to take it on freelance. Uh, what did you think of this turn from, from Kendall? And is the son stepping into the legacy of the father here? To a degree. I think it turns him into a person who would be willing to put his brother, who he's supposed to be running with, to the side. And if he could put the person he's running with to the side, then I can definitely understand why Shiv is worried and why she tripped up herself, um, mm-hmm. which metaphorically she always does as well. But w- <laughs> did you like that final line? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, you know, you don't even know if Kendall is like really listening to Hugo as he comes in and he goes on the phone yelling about uh, Julia taking a strap on. But when he hits him with the unless you want me to pull out the strap on. That that mm-hmm. just feels so Logan-esque. Like, that feels like the thing that Logan would do if he were there and he had that information or he had that leverage to pull. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's, it's dastardly and kind of evil, but it's kind of also exciting to see Kendall, in a way, ascend to the legacy that he's supposed to I have taken know. on. Like, this is... Like, it, it's... I don't know. It's not what, like... I want in the world, but in the world of the show, it's kind of like, oh, the, the, he's kind of, he's, he's finally like broken free from his father's shadow. Bro, wasn't it just last season? The pool episode? <laughs> just last season. Yeah. I mean, I in, in the timeline a... of the show, it might've been like four months ago. Sheesh. Yeah, that's a lot, bro. Like we haven't even seen his family with it. Now he's, he's taking care of a company before he even take care of his own there's one part about it where like you're saying it's going to be really interesting having this figure who's always said these crazy things now actually come in with a position of power where Mm -hmm. logan would always just say a very clean old school f off this man always has to paint a picture i had to pull out the strap on like that's such a kendall spin to his father just say it just say f off like your daddy did and that's where i'm like bro you're gonna take the scenic route and every single thing you're gonna ruin so many deals i'm excited we come in for the mess yeah i'm excited he is not a serious person (laughs) he is the most unserious of them all to be honest with you yeah and uh yeah what a way to end it yeah, great way to end it. So, uh, who whose stock are you buying at the end of this episode? Are you are you are you on Kendall's ship? Are you going with Roman? Do you feel like Shiv is gonna pull some move and find her way to the top next, or uh, do you think they're all kind of on a downward trajectory from here? Marsha, she's the other one. Mar- who came. I mean, look, she's sixty to seventy Marcia million dollars richer at mil. least. <laughs> <laughs> Who leaves $63 million richer? That's what I'm looking at. Go ahead, run whatever company. She just made 63 mil. Mm-hmm. That is a nice she, apartment, though. Yeah, and Willow would be at the bottom for me easily. I feel so bad for her. Her honeymoon is just the swing states that the man needs. That's terrible. So, yeah, Marsh at the top. The honeymoon states. Mm-hmm. Carrie's a wild card right now, so we'll see. If not, I would have put her last because I was embarrassed and dropping the purse, but... 
Yeah. Do you you don't think we've seen the last of Carrie, or are you just kind of not sure at this point? I mean, she showed up here. I didn't think they were going to let her in the house. <laughs> I I feel like the coldest thing for the show to do would be to not show us Carrie anymore. Like I think that that feels Why not? on theme for Succession. So I kind of would as as mean as it is. I do think this it would be great if this was the last of Carrie. I saw people bringing up that one in the first episode when it all ends, when Kendall's really trying to take power, and there's that one dude uh, from episode one who tells him that he's going to take everything down. I don't know if you remember that. It's like the final line of the episode, and they're like, "Yeah, that guy never came back into play. The Balter guy. <laughs> what if, what if he right? comes in in the last episode and actually screws them all over? Hey, uh, Mark Mylod put him in the menu, so he's still got a relationship with that actor. He's probably That's around. Right. He was the tech bro. Yeah. Ooh. Maybe that's the, the Ooh. October surprise waiting for, for the Roy family. I like that. Uh, Ronette asked in the live stream, were Marsha and Logan still married? I feel like while they were separated, they never actually got divorced. So, yeah, Marsha is able to just kind of swoop in as the, the current wife of Logan as at his death. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, well, playing it to her benefit. Yeah, I don't know what the behind the scenes there were, but yeah, as far as we know, they they were still married. Yeah. Uh, any other things that we haven't hit on, or or things you want to explore a little bit more deeply? Uh, any uh, thoughts on I, what's coming next? Uh, one, the spit handshake for the real estate thing was raw. It's one of my favorite little moments visually. Uh, the other one would be the fact that your boy was in this as a cameo, given the big speech for everybody. Because yeah, it was Stephen Root night on HBO. <laughs> Man's in the fourth season of two HBO shows that are both ending. So I hope he, I hope he gets on Dragons or on something else on Winning Time because he is, uh, he is done after that. But hey, shout out to him. It was a Stephen Root night uh, for him on Sunday. But uh, it was cool to see him. The Sandy smirk we didn't get to talk about. They brought in old Grandpa Sandy. He had this smirk on there like, that's, that's an interesting default face to have on. He was Chuckles the Clown mm-hmm. on this episode. Uh, but then the, the last one that I would have is, well, two more. Greg. F Greg, bro. I hate Greg. I hate Greg every single he's episode more. He's so hard. It's like so naked so in this episode, too. He's nah, becoming he's... like more more brazen, I think, in his selfishness. He's um, entertaining. And I just also love bit obnoxious yeah, another moment that we haven't talked about is that moment during steven root's little speech when greg and tom start whispering to each other and and tom also lets slip that logan died trying to get his phone out of the clogged toilet yeah what a because all what an was undignified a, a ending frights. yeah but the but one yeah, like, that made greg look really bad was when greg tries to like whisper purse. in his oh yeah 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 and oh, he yeah. looks at it like should i help but he doesn't. I hate those people. I hate those. He's just staring at it, like he's supposed to and do here something. Comes the water but he doesn't want to. Blind. Yeah. No, he's such a despicable person, bro. Uh, <laughs> he, I don't yeah, like he's, him. But I guess that's what makes he's him so gross. entertaining. He's yeah, gross. Well, yes. I, I, I saw somebody say it, but uh, I feel like the most fitting end for him would be to be back at the theme park in the mascot suit. Like that's really where he belonged. Whoever said that, shout out. Give him a raise. <laughs> uh, but my final one. The Stewie moment was beautiful. I really liked it a lot. I know that they were kind of a little iffy with having him in the final meeting, but when Stewie came in, cracked the joke to his buddy, causing him to cry, that whole hug moment, yeah, I thought that was really nice. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, Stewie has always been kind of like a hard uh, negotiator with Kendall, but at, he does show up for him and does kind of feel like the closest thing Kendall's got to an ally out there through thick and thin, so helped come through for him at least this once. And, uh, you know, maybe it's all for his own selfishness because it's going to make him a lot of money if this deal goes through in the end, but hey, he... Isn't a completely worthless friend, at least. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's mostly it. You know, talking about the future of the show, uh, they sort of teased that Jared Menken was going to arrive and pay his respects, although we didn't actually get a scene with Justin Kirk yeah. in this episode. I feel like as we move forward and kind of go through the the Gojo deal, we're going to get increasingly uh, onto the, the election and... Uh, whether or not we're crossing paths with the potential presidential nominees. Uh, I'm curious to see how they decide to portray this and how, like, in the middle of it, things are going to go. Because, like, the way that things are breaking now that Logan's out of the way, Matson is supposed to acquire Waystar but not acquire ATN, which, as we were talking about, is kind of Succession's world's Fox News, the right-wing kind of news outlet. And then the kids are in the process of buying Pierce, which is supposed to be more of the like the le- left-wing news outlet. So mm-hmm. are they going to be in control of both sides of the argument with like three days to go before the election or something like that? That would be the most profound thing that they said. You know, it's like the Oakleys and the Ray-Bans. It doesn't matter which one you're going for. They're owned by the same company. Yeah. Uh, will be really interesting. We'll be back and breaking it all down on our weekly succession recaps. But I think that's all for this week's installment. Uh, you can catch more from me, Zach Shevich, by following me on Twitter, Instagram, or Letterboxd, at ZShevich, that's Z-S-H-E-V, is in Volter, I-C-H, and check out my YouTube or TikTok channels at Multiplex Show. Art, where can people find more from you? You can find me over at LME Explain on Twitter, YouTube, Letterboxd, or every week here on the Intercut Podcast. You can listen to every episode of the Intercut Podcast on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, Podcast Addict, whatever your favorite podcatcher is. I like Overcast. And then make sure you subscribe not just to the audio version, but to the video version of the podcast as well on YouTube.com slash Intercut Pod. You can watch our bright, smiling faces as we break down the latest in entertainment. Catch our Intercut Weekend Must Watches streaming on the YouTube channel every Monday. And please leave us a comment, like the videos, consider heading over to iTunes to to give us that much-requested five-star review. And uh, like our Facebook, follow our Instagram, follow our Twitter. You can even support us over on Patreon and find all of those pages at IntricatePod to get updates throughout the week from Art, from me, from all the guests that we feature here on Intercut. And check the link in the description to join our Discord as well. Thanks again for tuning in. And until next time, I think you're a corporate legend. What you did in the 90s with Cable... Huge.